Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Uh, wait a minute. Yeah, am I here? Oh. Yeah. oh, boy. I'm starting to think I'm I'm exhibiting signs of, you know, yiko, of being an old lady. You know, sort of confused a lot, and sort of not having things together. I, I'm sitting here struggling. I'm sorry, the show started uh, sort of surprised me because I'm I've been sending myself, which I do, lots of stuff, so it'll be there on my screen when I'm doing the show, and none of it has arrived, and I can't figure it out. And I've sent it again, and it won't come back. So I'm I'm a little at a loss. Um, oh, guys, I, some of the stuff I was trying to get at was um, commentary uh, from people I read uh, about yesterday's uh, Supreme Court hearings, um, which, as far as I could tell, Everybody who listened to the arguments uh, came to the same conclusion that uh, essentially Roe is dead. Uh, how exactly this court will uh, decide the language, if there'll be any effort to finesse this in any way, but by all accounts, uh, Roe v. Wade settled law <laughs> settled law is is probably gone uh it's something uh it's something and i i don't pretend to offer any more uh wisdom to uh, the proceedings than has been offered by people far more able uh, to argue the importance of of this reactionary in all likelihood. I don't want to get ahead because we don't have a ruling yet, but uh, in all likelihood, uh, truly reactionary ruling uh, by an excessively political court and i i want to say that i noted i think yesterday i'm not sure that one third of this court three of the nine justices were appointed by donald trump who served only 4 years and he was able to do that. Well, I, you know what? I'm sorry. I don't want to even revisit the history. You all know it. And uh, incredible. You know, public opinion uh, favors access to abortion for women. The science surrounding viability has really not changed. Uh, the legal arguments that are proffered are no different than they've been in all the past uh, cases that dealt with uh, abortion. The only thing that has changed, and this is uh, something I think it was uh, Dana Milbank who, who said, the only thing that has changed, really, is that you have this court comprised of a very firm minority, I mean, my, excuse me, majority, wishful thinking, 
that is very political and wants to settle scores in the culture wars. The left's been winning the culture war for a long time, and the Supreme Court, the courts, that's why conservatives were so, the courts, they figured, was where they could undo the culture war. What am I saying? Culture war wins. I'm sorry. You see what I mean? I am just, oh, God, forgive me. Um, and it's been pointed out that these same justices who were so concerned in yesterday's arguments about life, the life of a an unborn child, a fetus, not so much the life of a grown viable woman. And yet this is a court that is also overwhelmingly pro-gun, an instrument of death in a country that is ravaged by the damage that guns cause. Four dead Michigan students. Those are children. Why are those children's lives and so many others like them not seemingly precious to the same pro-life types? Because they're not there on that issue. They're standing in totally different camps. I don't see how you can be pro-gun and pro-life at the same time. But that's where conservatives, ha, what a misnomer, are. Lloyd writes, so what happens to the 800,000 babies now that might be born? Are they preparing to feed and take care of them? <laughs> uh, not Republicans, he says. No, no. They care about children in the womb. And that seems to be where their interest ends. Because programs that actually help children, concerns about education, child care, parental leave, all that kind of stuff, these same folks are on the other side, offering no help to struggling parents, offering no improvement in our public education. Offering nothing. It's they love the unseen, unborn child. That is precious to them. Once that child is outside its mother's womb, well, good luck. And if you stop and think about the percentage of women who seek abortions, how many are poor? And they're seeking the abortion because they can not afford to care for another child. And yet, we now live in a country that is going to coerce them to give birth and then leave that poor woman and that child to fend for themselves. That is the cold calculation of conservatives and the so-called pro-life crowd. As Lloyd writes, these are the same people that want to cut food stamps 
and all the other programs that help people, that help those children, they insist on being born. Wow. It is, I mean, the disconnect, the, 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 the cognitive dissonance created by these, uh, by where these people stand on different issues is just mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So uh, they got, this court, by the way, is the court I will live with for the rest of my life. I don't know how we, uh, there ain't no correcting this. And, and, and these are, uh, these are, make no mistake, extremely political and extremely right-wing folks who have taken over this court. Wow. I, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I, I thought I would feel like talking more about it, but I don't. I just don't. I saw something on, on Twitter that sort of speaks to my, I guess my weariness about this. And here is what I saw. It's wild that a third of this Supreme Court was appointed by a man who attempted to overthrow the United States government. And here we are just continuing to let those justices hand down decisions. Someone who tried to overthrow the government and to throw out the votes of the American people and who spurred on a an attack on the United States Capitol. That's the guy who gets to put three young justices on this court. Wow. And and here's another thing. This is how our system is so broken. You know, in order to get those three on the court, the only the only hurdle was Senate confirmation, right? And all that was needed was a simple majority. Fifty-one votes would seat someone for life on the highest court in the land. And yet, to pass a piece of legislation, you need, what is it, 60 how many? You got to get past the filibuster. How is it possible that the bar is lower to seat a Supreme Court justice than it is to pass any legislation. If anyone can explain that one to me, go for it. Really, go for it. I'm going to interrupt this misery uh, to tell you a story. Do you mind? I uh, 
It's a personal story. Actually, something that happened yesterday. Pretty much right after the show. I, uh, I got into one of those uh, moods, doesn't happen very often, where I attacked a closet. And uh, I did so because when I was in Green Bay, I visited my favorite shoe store, which happens to be in Green Bay, which happens to have been founded by Bobby Sanderson, who I was in school with all through kindergarten and and high school. It was Bobby Sanderson's shoe store. And damn if it's not the best shoe store I know. I wait for trips to Green Bay so I can go in there and go nuts. It was Bobby Sanderson's basement, by the way, where I think I first got kissed. It was all so sudden and so frightening and so, like, was I just kissed? I remember the audio more. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. I wait my way, I wait my way. That's what was playing. I don't know, does that place it? Probably be about 1963 or four. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, so I bought a bunch of shoes. I did. I went nuts. Then I got back here. And there was no place to put the shoes. And then I looked at the shoes I had, and I thought, jeez. I don't wear those. I don't wear those. I don't wear those. Those are too tight now. I wouldn't wear those heels. I never wear heels anymore. I wouldn't wear those fancy, ridiculous shoes. Back in the day when I used to be willing to endure pain to look good, let me tell you, that's one of the wisdom things that comes with being old. Screw that. So I pulled a whole bunch of shoes out of my closet. And and I looked at the ones that were, like, really in good shape because I never worn them. Maybe I wore them four times. And I packed all those up, and I I made sure that they were all paired up. I had these big big paper clips. I mean, they're huge. They're, like, four inches long. And I, like, paper clipped them together because I knew I was just going to throw it all in a big bag. And take it to goodwill. And so, after the show yesterday, I paper clipped a few more. I had a bag that was probably full of, I don't want to say, because it shows what a despicable consumer I am. What a true red-blooded American I am. I've been trying to hold up this economy by doing my job and spending money on things I didn't need and then didn't use. And now was, of course, throwing out. That's a good American. So I put all that stuff together. I also had some, uh, what do you call those things? Tupperware-ish containers and other things that had been left at my home by friends. And I thought, you can take these to Goodwill and you can return all these people's Tupperware things. So I threw the Tupperware things in the bag, too. And as I was trying to get to my car... And I was juggling my, my I have a very little purse, but it's got my phone in it and everything. I, I, I was having a purse and then this, and I thought, oh, screw it. I put my purse in the bag. I put pretty much everything in the bag, which was really heavy. I got big feet. So all these shoes, I mean, it amounted to, uh, it was something. It looked like a Santa Claus bag. And I slept it all to the car, and I put it in the car, and I thought, first stop. Goodwill. And I pulled up, and the person that's usually there wasn't there, but there were all these 
various boxes and they said if you got clothes here if you got household goods here and then there was one that said shoes so i pulled the bag out i then pulled the the uh tupperware stuff out you're ahead of me here and i put that bag in that bin open bin outside goodwill and then I went on my way dropped off the Tupperware at two friends houses I got home I got into my house and I went looking for my phone and then I thought well it's in your purse Oh, where's your purse? And damn, if I didn't then realize, oh, dear God in heaven, my purse is lying in that bag of shoes. I, uh, man, that's such an awful feeling. Because I got to tell you, my life was it, between my phone and the purse. All my credit cards, my COVID card. We won't even begin to say I had just been to the ATM a few days ago. There's a bunch of money in it. Everything. Everything. I jumped back in the car and I made my way back to Goodwill. And when I got there, I jumped out and the bag was not in that bin. I went ripping through the bin. I was tearing things. I threw I threw a lampshade out. I did I was like going through people's crap desperately looking for my purse. And then I noticed the bag. It wasn't where I'd put it. It was two boxes down. Not in the shoes one. It was two boxes down. I go, my God, somebody moved it. And then I started, I pulled every shoe out. I shook the shoes. There was no purse in the bag. Oh, it's so awful. (laughs) A blood pressure reading at that point would have been interesting. So I, um, I saw a woman who was sitting to the side. Smoking a cigarette. I said, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Do you do you uh, work here? Yes. I said, I, blah, 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 blah. I told her my whole sad story in, a, I'm sure, a hysterical tone. And she said, well, nobody's touched. Uh, I said, well, somebody touched something because my bag it was in that one. I put it, and now it's here, and there's no purse in it, and I'm sure my purse was in that bag. She said, "Uh, okay, let me see. I'll go inside. She went inside and uh, disappeared for about five minutes. I was bargaining at that point. I was in the, I was done with denial. I was on to, I was, oh my God, I was trying to think, what do I do? I can't even remember. What do I do first? Stop the credit cards. Uh, What do I do next? How do I get a COVID? I got COVID things that I was just like freaking out. And then three people emerged from the Goodwill. And one was this smiling guy. And damn if he wasn't holding my purse. He said, I've been trying to figure out how to get in touch with you. I said, I am going to kiss you. I swear to God, I'm going to kiss you. And he put his hands up. I said, I know, I know. I won't, I won't. But, oh, my God. And he handed it over to me. He said, I know you, don't I? He said, you've been in the store a lot? I said, no, I really haven't. I drop things off, but I don't think I've been in the store. He said, man, you look familiar. I said, well, yeah, I was on TV once. Oh, yeah, right. 
So we got into this big to do. The the three people who walked out were all smiling. I was smiling. I was. I opened just to make sure is my is all this stuff in here? It's still in here. And he said, I think it is. All that big wad of cash. There it was. All my credit cards. Everything was there. Wow. I pulled a 20 out and I said, here. Take it. Thank you. I pulled another 20 out. I said, here. Take it. I pulled a third 20 out and the woman said, no, no, no. I didn't. I take it. I said, my God. I thought I'd lost everything. Anyway, that was a story of nice people holding on to a purse that had hundreds of dollars in it. Credit cards, all this wondrous stuff. And all they could think was, how do I get this back to her? Wow. So, there's people like that in this world. To help adult old ladies who throw their purse out at the goodwill. I have a question. I saw just a little item. And for the life of me, and because there wasn't, I mean, maybe some of you heard more and someone can help me out here. Because it was one of those things where I saw it and I thought, what? And what I saw was that the actor, Alec Baldwin, apparently in an interview, I guess with George Stephanopoulos, You know, that name, that's a funny name for such a tiny guy, isn't it? He's so tiny, and he's got a name that is, like, endless. Okay. Alec Baldwin, it said, told George Stephanopoulos that he never pulled the trigger. And he said, I would never point a gun at anyone. And that's all this article said. And here's what I want to know. Well, how, how does, how does, how can he say he didn't pull the trigger? The trigger pulled itself. I mean, we, I don't even understand how that can be said. Is he suggesting that the gun went off by itself? Did anybody see the interview and did George Stephanopoulos, now that I said his name is long, it doesn't seem that long, Stephanopoulos, that's five syllables. Some people have many more. I, I, what the hell? How could he maintain that? That he didn't pull the trigger? Do guns all of a sudden just discharge? Oh, Lord. Guns. God help this country. Guns. And then the story that came out yesterday about Trump knowing he was positive for COVID and, man, not changing, not putting on a mask, going back in Air Force One and spreading germs all over in the, you know, the reporters uh, section, um, holding, uh, he was positive when he held that uh, happy, party for the third justice he put on the court, Amy Coney Barrett. He was already positive. That's He was positive, and we know that that was a super spreader event. 
And everybody was talking about who's the super... He was the super spreader. And then he... Knowing he goes and does the president... I mean, he does the debate. He meets with... uh, What? With the... uh, Families of uh, military military families and, and and pictures from that event have him up in the faces of old people and young people and he's positive. What a vile human being! And this isn't just any source. This is his right hand man, his chief of staff, Mark Meadows. giving us this information. Wow. And he, well, it doesn't matter. Of course, what I, and I'm going to say, and he lied. <laughs> he argued that he thought Hope Hicks had given it to him. Bull. He gave it to her. You can't be a worse human being. Even if you, I mean, somebody could actually work at trying to be a worse human being than Donald Trump and would be hard-pressed. Barbara says, I have had similar goodwill purse adventures more than once. You have? My mantra is to think before making a move. But I don't always remember to do so. Jeez! Well, I'll tell you one thing. If you got a bag that you're dropping into a goodwill bin, even if it's just seemingly an intelligent thing to do to get from your home to your car and put it to put other things in that bag and then remove them, don't do it. Amazing. I remember the Tupperware. I remember to take the effing Tupperware out. My purse? Not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Byron's always sent me a little blast from the past regarding Trump, how he told Howard Stern that sleeping around was his sleeping with multiple women was his personal Vietnam. What? That's how he was doing his service to the country. Dear God in heaven. And the reality is, is that over 20 women have accused him of varying degrees of uh, sexual harassment or sexual assault or rape, including one of his wives. Most uh, of these allegations were made before he was elected, which again tells you something about the values of all those fine Christian conservatives that put him in office so that he could undo Roe v. Wade. Wow. Wow. Speaking of those, and I don't mean to, you know, jump on, uh, we had a caller? And I think I saw that relatively quickly. That's amazing. Hello. Hi, Lynn Ray from Lawrenceville. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm okay. How are okay, you? Good. 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 Hey, listen, that the gun not pulling the trigger on that movie set. Um, an explanation might be that it yeah. was um, it was on Western and an old timey 
post-Civil War single-action revolver doesn't operate like a modern-day revolver does. In that, the old old single-action revolvers, the hammer rests, literally rests against the firing pin. Uh, Modern-day, there's a transfer bar that separates that. So normally, back in the day, you would keep an empty chamber where the hammer rests because any movement of that hammer or jostling of the hammer could potentially drive that firing pin and set it off. Okay. Well, you, the trigger doesn't. Yeah, the trigger wouldn't would not necessarily be involved. If the scene called for him to half cock it or to be thumbing, that's all it would take, and would just it would discharge. Well, but we are making the assumption that he had one of those real old well, time guns. Well, it. It was that it said in the old West, and they all had Western revolvers and all that. Yeah. Jazz. So it wouldn't if they showed up with a modern pistol, it would be out of character. Okay. All yeah. right. So then that does make sense because that just I thought what it didn't make any sense to me, and you have solved that riddle. That's right, and Gosh. I think that I think that uh, Trump referred to it as his personal Vietnam in the vulgar sense that he was risking some sort of STDs and such. That oh, was, God that was almighty. That's what that he was, he I believe I remember the interview. That's what he was talking about, not his service. Oh, that was what the, a, that's how he risked his life. Yeah. What a vile, vile, vile <laughs> being. I, I and, just can't even. And we wow. elected him. So. But, well, all right, listen, I listen did, if I... Yeah. If I don't talk to you, have a great holiday, huh? <laughs> uh, yes, you. Okay, Merry Christmas. And Happy Hanukkah and all that jazz. Thank you. Yeah, right. and all that jazz. Thank you, Ray. Thanks for Thank thanks you. for being here. Right. Bye. Oh yeah. Right. Bye. I'm barely here. I'm telling you. Hey, and speaking of, this gives me an opportunity. Old time western. I watched an extraordinary movie last night and I I watched uh, an Oscar winning performance or two and it is a new movie it's in theaters but it's also God bless it on I think Netflix is what I watched it on <laughs> and it's called The Power of the Dog it's nothing to do with dogs it's a cowboy Western set at the end of the cowboy Western era in the 20s, 1920s. And it is brilliant. It is brilliant. It's on every level, writing, acting. It's tough. Uh, and it stars, uh, what's his name? Cumberbatch. My God. He's amazing. Kirsten Dunst. Amazing. Everybody in it is amazing. It's called The Power of the Dog. If you have Netflix, please watch it. That is a great movie. And I'm leaving out the... It is written and directed by Jane Campion, who is that Australian director who did the piano, and what else? I can't think what else. But she hasn't done a movie in quite some time. And man, wow. Mind-blowingly good. Mind-blowingly good. Just saying. Okay, Ruth, thank you. She sent me the Staphylopoulos interview. I got a caller? Well, for God's sakes. Hello. 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 Hey, Lynn. Um, yeah. I want to thank the Supreme Court if they got the abortion thing. Uh -huh. That's not up good for the 22 election. Thank oh, you, you think that's going to – you really oh, think that's going to help? I definitely do. That's going to help big time. But uh, no, I don't like what they're doing. But isn't it funny that they didn't care about the immigration children helping them their lives, but they'll worry about no. a fifteen-week year, fifteen-week sperm, which is 
get out of the body will die. It's not a person. Yeah. It's, no. It's not a person. So it's just amazing that they – because, like you said on your show many times, it's not that they care about abortion because they have plenty of abortions. They pay for them. Donald Trump paid for many of them. I'm sure of it. Well, they yeah, care yeah. about telling a woman to do what to do with yeah. her body. And that's all that it is, is right. the power of a woman. And it's just – that's plain and simple. That's all it is. And I don't know what the advantage of them doing this either is because the population must agree with abortion. I mean, well, you know what's like, inter- you know what's interesting, and I know it's what you're, you're you're suggesting is, I mean, I'll tell you, the young people who came out to vote and helped get Biden into the White House are not overwhelmed by what Biden's doing now. They're, they've all gone back into, oh, yeah, so nothing's getting done. I mean, I can see that lack of interest. And um, and this, if abortion's taken away, this could galvanize young people, uh, yeah. I would think, and maybe make them realize that that midterm election is exceedingly important. Right. We'll see. We'll yep. see. Okay. Thank you. Okay. 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 Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh-huh. Bye. Yeah. And here's from uh, Tom Hartman. Once the Republicans are done with uh, abortion, they'll move on to birth control. They'll come for gay marriage and ultimately civil rights laws. Well, because they're a fascist party. They're a retrograde fascist party. Speaking of fascism, nineteen thirty six, Berlin, Adolf Hitler, one of his finer moments, if you were to ask him is when the International Olympic Committee allowed the Olympics to continue in the hellhole he was creating in Germany. And he, Hitler leveraged that as big-time propaganda for fascist Nazi rule. Uh, I bring it up because the International Olympic Committee is uh, going to do the same thing in just a few months by allowing China to host the Winter Games. And China is known to be engaged in the torture and suppression of its people, the killing of a Muslim minority, the Uyghurs, right? I believe our country and other countries have have said it is uh, genocidal, what the Chinese are doing. And yet, we're all going to go to Beijing and we're going to have a big money-making Olympics. And there's money to be made. Well, you know, a little genocide here, a little genocide there. You know, not like we'll be covering that. We'll be covering, uh, you know, Downhill and slalom. And I bring it up because one professional sport sporting organization, one, has stood up to China. One. And that's the women's tennis. Association. They have announced that they are immediately suspending all 
tournaments in China, even though they've got a long list of tournaments that they were doing in China. But they said, we ain't doing it. None of our players will come there as long as we do not know what has happened to one of our own. I'm sure you know that a professional Chinese tennis player who accused a high-level Chinese official of rape has, well, pretty much disappeared. Uh, because she pretty much disappeared, the Chinese trotted out a video of her talking and saying, I'm fine, hello, I'm not missing, I'm not unsafe, I'm just resting, thank you all for your concern. But the reality is, is no one on in professional tennis can get to this woman. So the Chinese did with her what they do with others, they shut her down, and then they trotted her out to show everything's fine when it isn't. And the Women's Tennis Association said, we're not idiots. And we're not going to countenance this. We're not coming there to entertain you and to allow you to make money off of us. And I know we're going to lose hundreds of millions of dollars, and they will if they pull out of all of these tournaments that they have scheduled. No other professional sporting organization has even said their thinking about pulling out of China. The National Hockey League Man, they're so gung-ho about this Olympics. They're stopping their season in February so that National Hockey League stars can participate uh, with their countries in the, uh, in the Olympic hockey tournament. They haven't said much of anything. Nor, God knows, has the International Olympic Committee, which has never had the courage to stand up for much of anything except making money. Meanwhile, Women's Tennis Association has said they will not allow any of their members to step foot in China to play until Chinese officials allow them to speak Wu Peng Shui. That's how it's pronounced. That's the woman with no government interference, and until there is a full investigation into her assault accusations. And that is a, cor that is a corporate entity acting in a morally responsible way. Women's tennis. Any of the men's organizations want to stand up? I guess not. Rape, genocide, silence, intimidation, it's all okay because after all, man, there's money to be made. So, I just got to read you this one. Two paragraphs. Just two paragraphs in a story uh, that was front page New York Times uh, today, and it's a story out of Pennsylvania, although the other end, Doylestown, which is uh, a very rich suburban Philadelphia, Bucks County uh, locale. Doylestown, PA. 
Early in the November school board meeting, a few of the departing members made farewell remarks, talking of things they had believed still needed to be addressed. Mental health initiatives, a program for high school students to take college-level courses. There was a long list. But over the past two years, other things had gotten in the way. A, pa a pandemic, obviously. <laughs> but our crazed politics. So when this school board meeting in Doylestown was opened up to public, the public comment section, here's what the Times reports. Parents and other residents took turns standing before the board speaking about Zionism, Maoism, slavery, freedom, the Holocaust, critical race theory, the illegality of mask requirements, supposed Jewish ties to organized crime, and the viral falsehood that transgender students were raping people in bathrooms. And, you know, what strikes me is that that is, okay, that's an educated, wealthy school district. And the white nationalists and the fascists are, and the anti-Semites are out in force, never missing a school board meeting. And the departing members of that Doylestown school board were voted out of office in November by the good people of Doylestown. And they were replaced by obviously three new people, all of whom ran against the tyranny of masks. Now, I, and again, these are the people who say they care about the children. And they are so, they've gone so mad, literally, they're so nuts that their concern for their children manifests itself with concern about things that don't exist. Like, transgender students raping people in bathrooms. Like Jews somehow control yeah, Zionism, Maoism, critical race theory, slavery, all of this stuff. This is how they think they're being good parents and caring for their children. Meanwhile, as the school board members who were voted out say, Geez, we left so many things not done that we should, and and they were all about education. They were actually about doing what a school is supposed to do. Wow. Wow. That's the suburban vote, ladies and gentlemen, the educated suburban vote that supposedly recoiled at Donald Trump, and which is why one of the reasons Biden was able to secure the victory. Well, uh, if Doylestown is any indication, um, that suburban vote looks like it's gone nuts. And the Virginia uh, election, the gubernatorial election in Virginia, suggested the same. Youngkin was able to win in Virginia on these bogus critical race theory and all the rest, the school board crap. 
And that is what that is what is going to be front and center. Republicans win when they run on these culture war issues, often non-existent issues. But they know how to emotionally engage their voters, their base. And I'm... I I despair that Democrats will ever learn how to how to blow their own horn, how to how to message properly, how to let people know that what they're doing is helping these people. I was thinking of I, I, I came upon something that uh, Janet Janet Yellen said, and she said that she's a Treasury Secretary, right? She said that because of Biden's child tax credit, I mean that is money going to families every month, isn't it? That it has already had a profound economic impact on the country and a moral and it constitutes a moral victory because it has decreased food insecurity substantially for American families. Do those families know where that stuff's coming from and why? Will they then vote to keep the people in who are creating an environment in which there are going to be jobs and infrastructure and all that? Why, when we do things for people, actually, it's sort of like Obamacare, because when that that was passed, the midterms like were the Republicans won overwhelmingly, even though, of course, the Democrats had just passed this substantial improvement in the lives of so many people. Why don't people know? I see Biden's approval rating are down. People don't think he's doing enough. They blame him for inflation and the supply chain stuff and the pandemic, he is working his tail off. It's not on him, but I understand how stupid are voters. You ask an average voter, what has Joe Biden done for you? And the average voter say, nothing. Even though he has sent money directly into their checking accounts and continues to do so. Even though he is helping parents. Unbelievable. Unemployment is down. The economy will rebound from the Omicron, whatever thing. Under this should translate to the perceptions of uh, things going really well. But and this brings us to to media. They just can't focus on the negative enough. Can't. Oh, dear. Guys, I'm sorry. I despair. But I got my purse back, and I saw a hell of a good movie. I'm hanging on to that today. (laughs) 
Oh dear. Okay, I think that's it. I've I've done come up against eleven o'clock. So um thank you. I will spend the next four days, today included, looking for happy go lucky stories to uh share with you on Monday. Okay? I said looking. I didn't say I was going to deliver, but I will. Look, I will. Okay, enjoy this wonderful, odd December weather, which freaks me out. And uh, the world is not coming to an end. I'll talk to you on Monday. Be safe. Lynn Cullen Live. Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.